Yo, 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 what up? What's the word? How is 2019? Welcome to the Outside the Box podcast. I am Jacques Slade, and I am glad that we are back. And I say we because, man, oh, man, oh, man, this show would not be what it is without the other two individuals. Unless you came here just to hear me ramble about nothing about going to Mars and about the meteorite, finding out that it's not something special. Okay, I'll stop. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm Jacques Slade, but more importantly, I have two incredible partners in crime. That's Tiffany Beers and Nick Engvall. Nick, tell them where they can find you. Uh, Nick Engvall, you can find me at Nick Engvall on all platforms and uh, a site called Sneaker History at Sneaker History on all platforms. But more importantly, I'm actually here to hear both Tiffany and Jacques ramble. Um, So, Tiffany, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? (laughs) Ramble. Uh, I'm Ramble. Tiffany Beers. You can find me on Instagram and YouTube at Tiffany Beers. T I F F A N Y B E R S. So it's been a while. Uh, first of all, uh, I'm glad to glad to hear your voices again, Tiffany. It's uh, good to see you virtually. Um, but some big news has come about a boot uh, since we've been gone, and uh, it comes on the heels of. Um, I'm going to say one of the best things we have seen in the sneaker world, which is the Nike Hyper Adapt 1.0. Uh, you know, I'm not going to throw any weight around or drop names, <laughs> but, you know, I just may have a connection to Tiffany Beers, who was instrumental in putting that shoe together. Um, but she, uh, she's no longer with the company. Uh, I don't know if people know that. Um, she's moved on to, to different things. And uh, they've moved on with a new shoe, the Adapt BB, a very basketball-specific version of the self-lacing sneaker. Now, I've had the opportunity to try on the shoe. I've seen it in person. I've held it in my hand. So I'm going to reserve my comments for the end. But I would love to hear what both you, Tiffany, and you, Nick, have to say, your thoughts on the shoe um, and what you think so far from based on the footage and everything that you've seen. Go, Nick, a, go. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm actually really curious to hear both of your thoughts on it. I mean, I think the, the Hyper Adapt in general, the first one was amazing. I think that the, the market wasn't quite ready for the price tag of it, but I think that this new version addresses that. I think that there's... Uh, a huge opportunity for this to become something that changes the way sneakers are, you know, as a whole for a long, long time if, if it continues to go in the right direction. Um, you know, everything that I've seen so far seems to be pretty positive. There were some people that just, you know, don't like the aesthetics of it, but, you know, I think that's kind of common with any shoe release at this point, right? You just, you can't please everybody. Um, I don't know, like, it, it just, it's it's obviously like one of the most exciting things of the year. We've kind of looked forward to this for quite a while, knowing that like there was something in the works for basketball. And I love that. Yeah. I love that, that it's, you know, it's pushed as a performance shoe. I love seeing the pros play in it, you know, like, um, yeah, that, that's just a huge step in the right direction for, for sneakers and footwear as a whole, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I have so many words, but I'm going to keep it brief, you know, like, you know, first off, I'm so excited for the team that made this shoe happen. Um, they had some crazy goals and even, you know, I'm speaking as an independent, I don't work for Nike. I haven't worked there for a year and a half, you know, um, I think that they achieved their goals that they set out to, which is fantastic, right? Like having helped Amazing. create yeah. a technology and to see them come back out with it at half the price, you know, like I'm so proud of the team. They did so good. I'm so glad to see it out there. You know, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I can't wait to see it in person. So I can't wait to hear your, your words on it, Jacques, but, um, you know, I have so many questions. I just want to get one and tear it apart. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, but, right. But I mean, I think it's great. And, and I think another thing is like, it's still a baby step towards the future. You know, they're, they're, yeah. they're speaking mm. more about the future and how the shoe's going to be smart. You know, it's still, there's still this huge, huge vision that I really, really hope they go after. And this is still just the early stage. Like in 10 years or 15 years, we're going to still look back on the shoe and be like, Holy crap, imagine, did you ever think it was gonna really go there? Um, I hope that's what we're looking at right now, you know, it's still an early baby step in where they take this technology. No, absolutely, I, I agree 100%. And so I, I've had a chance to hold the shoe and obviously um, I think the, the most obvious is speaking to something that Nick said, aesthetic wise, it's very Kobe. Mm -hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with Eric Avar. Uh, he was the lead designer on the project, and so he obviously his his design language is is you know obviously expressed through the Kobe basketball line, and so you see a lot of that in the aesthetics of the shoe. Um, but also, you know, people that had huge parts in it are uh, Ross Klein uh, and Jordan Rice. Um, and Ross is more like on the innovation side, whereas Ross is like the smart, I mean, Jordan is more like the smart tech sort of stuff, which is, is it's really interesting how they married like all of these teams. And that's something that I wanted to talk to you about, Tiffany, is like, like there's this, it seems like there's this really big marriage of all these different teams that kind of had their hand in the design of the shoe. And I was wondering like, was it the same way with you with the HyperAdapt? Was it like the, the basketball team and the innovation team and then the you know the the tech team all kind of coming together uh, or did you have to lead a lot of that on your own and like you were like reaching out to other departments to, how, how did that sort of thing go yeah so it's I mean if you think of it it's kind of a consumer electronic more than it is a shoe on some level right there it's a it's a very very complicated product it takes a lot of teams to make something like that happen and I think for me, you know, when I was working on it for the HyperDap 1.0, it was like the first call. Hey, we're building this. Can you help us? So hopefully at this point, they're much more established. I would assume. I don't know for sure. But um, I would assume the teams are much more established. But no question about it. There was more than, you know, 20, 30, 40 key players to make this product happen. This if you know anything wow. about consumer electronics, they're very complex. There's a lot of going on. There's a charging system. There's a lacing system. There's a shoe, you know, like there's just so much going on. And all those teams have to work really closely together to make it all happen. So uh, yeah. kudos to the huge team that worked on this. I mean, even down to sample makers and, 
You know, it takes yeah. a lot of people with a lot of ideas to pull something off like this. And I, I think until you work on something like this, you don't really understand how complex and big it is. Um, yeah. And so kudos for Nike for going after version 2.0. I think that's awesome. They apparently one wasn't, you know, so bad that they couldn't go after the second one. So. <laughs> yeah. That, and here, the, the, I guess the, in the the story which you kind of which you kind of touched on, uh, I think both of you guys touched on this, is like the future of what it is. I think we um, they they put a lot of focus there, and it almost makes this like it's almost like a computer, like or or like a camera where you can update the firmware and you get new features added on. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that stuff is going to be obviously available through the app. Like the app is also an interesting play. It makes it, it definitely puts it more into like, it, it does feel gimmicky at first. Like, why do I need an app to lace up my shoes? Why, if, you know, if I can just push the button, but then like they have the ability because of the app to add more presets. Like with the, the hyper adapt, you only, you were able to set one preset and that was it. But with this one, you're able to, you know, set three, four, five presets, really as many as you want once that feature eventually rolls out onto the shoes um, or onto the app, I should say. Um, there's the ability to change the colors of the dots and all those things of the of the buttons. And there's the um, the the ability for it to track you. So something that they didn't even activate in the new engine which i found really fascinating is a gyroscope and an accelerometer which is something that you have in your in your base basically you have in your cell phone so that sort of technology is going to be available in your shoes which i'm sure is going to manifest itself in some sort of way that it tracks your performance and how fast you're running or how much you're moving how much you're staying stagnant and my hope is that that will somehow translate into training tips to help you become a better athlete as opposed to just giving you this data having nike really take that data and parse through it in a way that can help you as an athlete become better because you're wearing these shoes, especially at that price point of $350. The shoes are obviously expensive. They're not cheap. Um, even though it is half the price of what it was originally, it's still, it's, it's still an expensive piece of, of footwear. Um, but with that being said, I've been told several times, like the, the, the tech in the shoe will outlast the, I guess the textiles in the shoe, I guess the physical parts of the shoe. Um, so that's not something that you'll worry about, but the thought of being able to upgrade your shoes with a firmware update is fascinating to me. And I, you know, we've seen this sort of stuff and we've heard people talk about this sort of stuff when it comes to, to clothing, to have smart clothes or smart shoes. But it seems like this is really going to be a really, I don't want to say a big step, but a, a confident step in that direction and really seeing, I guess the interesting part for me is seeing how the public really takes advantage of that tech. Um, a lot of time tech comes and it's like cool tech, but it has to, has to relieve some sort of pain point or make something better in your life. And if Nike can find out how these shoes can make something better in your life, I think it's really going to help set a big path and a big way for the future when it comes to footwear or smart footwear or smart apparel in general. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you have to look at it like they're making a lot of promises, right? And I hope that they come through on that. And they made the shoe better than it was the first one was. But a lot of this updates in this tech, like it'll matter when they actually do it. So I can't wait to see the firmware rollouts and how they make the changes. And I hope those are like big changes. You know what I mean? Like, like they're setting expectations, kind of like the film did, yeah. right? The film set expectation that when you step in, it auto laces, you know? And so they're mm -hmm. kind of setting a lot of expectations with this that I hope they come through with and really prove out because it'll change sport it'll change athleticism it'll change how people work out like it will be huge the thing that's surprising to me is that no other brands are playing in this field yet like i thought for sure by now other brands would be playing but they're not i haven't yeah. seen anything that's interesting do you think there is a a fear of being a a copycat in a sense no. that's a good question I, I mean nick go ahead I just don't, I don't think they could, you you could even possibly think that right like that's like it, I mean the the closest thing to me and as an example of this would be like the self driving car stuff right so we all have heard like oh you know update your Tesla with the new like you know self driving stuff that was a big deal and I think that footwear is is going to be in that same space almost everything really will eventually grow into that same space where. Your, the technology piece is what you're going to use to upgrade and update and and change the dynamics of whatever that product is that you're buying. Um, but for a brand to, to look at Nike and see what they're doing and think that they're going to be called out for being a copycat, it would be just ridiculous. Because if you think of like like you know electric vehicles, I mean. You're you're so far behind if you're not jumping in this space now, and and I would even argue that Nike's been jumping in this space for you know the Hyperdunk Plus was 2012 I think, which was the first time. Yeah, it was 2012. It was 2012 because it was the uh, London Olympics. Yeah, and I don't think that that you know I think that was like the first sticking the toes in the water kind of well, public the Audi facing one, piece, right? right? The adjustable cushioning. The Audi One was much earlier. Sure. True, but I don't think that they. I don't think that they thought of that as something, as a technology play, right? Like you said, I think this is. I think Nike thinks of this as a technology piece first, and the app part of it is almost. We've almost grown to the point where apps are as much a focal point for these brands as as the footwear itself, right? And before that, you know, even in two thousand twelve, like. The app wasn't pushed near as hard as it is as it is now. You know, like you weren't you weren't pushed to shop on the app the way you are now, or just consume all the content that that's yeah. pushed out. And then going back to the Adidas, you know, they I feel like they just they were so far ahead they didn't know where they were going with it, and there was no apps around at that time to you know to really even you know you would have had somebody that was crazy visionary in order for them to be at the level. That Nike's at had they continued, you know, from that point on, I guess the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think there's a risk that other brands are worried about being a copycat because Nike clearly owns it with Back to the Future, right? With that film, True. I mean, they established yeah. their ground there. But I also think it's very, very difficult. And that's why we haven't seen mm. other people playing in this world, you know? Like, there hasn't even been originally, I remember seeing some Kickstarters. Kickstarters with some like manual versions yep. of kind yeah. of like an auto fit or something like that. 
Um, but I haven't even seen a lot of that anymore. I don't watch it near as much anymore anyways, but um, I think the barrier to entry on this type of technology is really hard. So I think that's why we haven't seen other brands doing it. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think I think that the future of it is where the fascination lies. I think the I think we've all got I think we're all at the point where it's like, oh, that's cool. But it's like now where does it go? How does it how does it really transform we the way we do we lace our shoes or the way we play sport? Like where where's the transformative moment that's going to happen with this? I think right now it's still a cool thing and I think people are obviously going to be excited about it because it's a cool tech and it's not something that, you know, you see every day, but how it transformed the way we do things. I think that's the moment everyone is still waiting for. And like, there's obviously a lot of naysayers out there like, oh, I can just tie my shoes. Obviously, you can just tie your shoes. You can also just write a letter uh, and mail it to someone. But you use email instead now. So, you know, you know, we all, you know, we all have um, our own biases. But I think it's going to be something big um, in the future when like those firmware updates and they start activating things inside of the engine that, you know, we don't even, that we don't even know about, um, you know, the, the adapt 3.0 or the adapt running or the adapt football, um, are, are things like that's when things, you know, to me seem are going to get really exciting. Like the adapt soccer or the adapt, you know, the adapt football thinking how much they cut and how much they turn is, is there something that can, tighten a little more when they when he when the shoe feels that the person is cutting to to help gain that those extra milliseconds or or loosen up when they're in a or whenever you know whenever they need it to loosen up that can adapt on the fly you know to to the way a person is playing or like those sort of things i think are going to be interesting or when it when it can sense that your foot has gotten bigger because of the blood flow and it loosens up a little bit and allows your blood to flow a little better or it tightens up or you know any of those things like that's the kind of stuff i think that's going to be that's where the future and the transformative aspect of this becomes where it actually starts to be smart on the fly as opposed to you know you initiating the smarts i guess is the way to say that i don't know but i i think i think tiffany makes a really great point about the price point of this right like the other shoes, you know, if you look back at the other at the other stuff, like any of the smart sneakers, let's say, even like all the way back to the Pumas back in the day, like they're so outrageously expensive, and yeah. the the original Hyper Adapt being, you know, seven seven fifty seven hundred something like that, right? I mean, it, yeah, seven twenty. So now I think that's like a little too much for the general consumer to get into. You're always going to have those people that are like you know jumping in to just be the first ones in that shoe and have that you know experience but 350 you're you're in a range that like a lot of people probably have already spent 350 dollars on a pair of sneakers not that that's like by any means inexpensive but if you've already spent that on other shoes that don't have that kind of technology then this feels like a much easier transition financially to be like wearing completely cutting edge technology in my opinion yeah yeah i mean it's it's tricky right like the first time a new technology comes out like think of the first 3d tvs and stuff yeah. like that they were so yeah. crazy yeah. expensive but 
In order for the companies to make them more affordable, they had to start making money off of it, right? They had to know there was right. interest, right? So this is this is what I kind of compare it to. Again, I don't know the inside details or anything like that, but um, I think I think I agree with both of you. Like at this point, like there's a lot of talk about these firmware updates and stuff, and still 350 is a lot. Like now that I'm not in the you know attached to a brand. Uh, I mean, 350 is more than I would pay for a shoe. You know, I'm not going out trying to get these. Hopefully, someone sends me a pair, but I have no guarantees on that. But it's a, it's a, right. it's definitely over my price point, and it's not my size. You know, so I was super disappointed to see they uh, only came in men's seven was the smallest size. Like seriously, the Hyperadapt even came in smaller, and maybe that was my influence that made it smaller. But um, I was super disappointed with that. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, men's seven, that's the smallest. So no kids, no no one under men's seven is going to get to try it and, and kind of give the feedback. But maybe that's part of the price point strategy. Who knows? Oh, because, I mean, is it... You, you can answer this for me, Tiffany, I hope. Is is like that last, is that a different last when you go below that like min seven? Is that a different? No, not at all. No, no. Um, but uh, I mean, okay. if, um, if you just want to, you know, it's new technology. You want to test the waters and you want to test the waters with as little risk as possible. Right. So only building it in standard basketball size, you know, is going to get like if they want to test it in performance basketball only they're only going to build it in those sizes right which is what they did so but i'd be surprised if we didn't see it in smaller sizes um in the near future did they talk about that at all actually jacques were you able to ask that question um i did not hear anything about that we had a there were a few um women from you know media that are, that are media and um i didn't hear that question come up it's, i'll be honest it wasn't something that i thought of off the bat um but i didn't hear that come up i know they i know a couple of people mentioned that oh like i, I just barely made it because like of their shoe size but i didn't hear questions about will they be making like uh you know young young young, young athlete sizes <laughs> Yeah, I'd be super interesting to see, you know, big kid sizes to see what the junior high and high school athletes thought of it in addition. But yeah, that'd be dope. And, well, since we're talking about no laces, um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Adidas is on the no lace train kind of in their own way with their next level basketball shoe. Um, and they actually talked a little trash about it. They said they didn't need it. You no no was it no chargers, no apps, no buttons, <laughs> something like that. No. It was really funny. It was really funny. It was a, it was, a, it was very nice. It was a very nice dig. Um, but it's called the no, the next level, and those are being restocked, and they don't have any laces. And it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting looking shoe. Um, I imagine it's pretty hard to build a basketball shoe without laces basketball is obviously a really demanding sport with all the different ways that you would need to move and i know from being around other basketball players like some people like their shoes tight and that's i don't see how you do that with these uh with the with the next level um like i have i remember like kids from when i was really you know in high school that would like tie their I, I would like it would scare me like how tight I would see them tie their <laughs> shoes when they play basketball um, as opposed to someone like me where you know I, I just like it snug as long as it's snug on my foot and my foot's not sliding around like I'm pretty okay but um, the next level 
you know, I, I don't know how you adjust that sort of tightness. It's not a bad looking shoe. Um, I think the colorway that the first launch colorway, that black, that sort of like almost like acid washed black sort of look looks really dope. But I, I'm just my only concern is like, how do I adjust the tension, I guess, with a shoe that doesn't have laces? I mean, I don't really see I don't, I don't really see how, you know, how that ever gets solved without some adjustability, right? Like there's there's literally nothing on it. I mean, I I think the shoe looks pretty cool. I think that the concept is, you know, there's been there's been a lot of laceless um, Adidas for the last you know two three years with like the Ultra yeah. Boost and the NMDs and that like sock like fit, and I think that it's I don't see it as a performance thing. I just I, me personally, I would never feel confident enough in the shoe, no matter what I'm doing. Like if I'm running in a shoe that doesn't have some adjustability, some sort of support, then I don't know that I'd ever really feel confident in it. You know, like I may as well run barefoot, for instance. Um, but I, I do like that they kind of came out and you know threw some jabs at Nike. I think that that's so important. I think the brands, the brands. The brands, obviously, everybody that works at the brands pays attention to the other brands and what's going on. And, you know, it's one of those things where when when there's competition, even in, like, the marketing side of things, I think that it makes everyone, like, try a little harder and, you know, push a little bit more. And, and I think that consumers always end up, you know, benefiting from those things. So I think that part of it is really cool. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, I, I think they should be having more fun and kind of, if you will, take the piss out of each other a little mm. bit more. I mean, <laughs> why not? You know, it's it's everybody loves shoes. I mean, so to me, I, I was thinking, like, how on earth do they make this work? And and this shoe came out prior to the Adapt BB. So on one yep, level, yeah. the Adapt BB is fitting everyone to their custom fit. And then you have this one with no laces. So in my mind, I was instantly thinking, like, they must have came up, and I haven't seen the shoe, or I haven't tried it on or anything. Um, they must have came up with a material innovation because I'm thinking like, okay, um, spandex, compression shorts, you know, like mm -hmm. those are all in medium, small, large size. They fit everybody. Um, same with neoprene, like wetsuits and things like that in their performance, you know? So I'm thinking that they came up with something interesting here, but you know, having not tried the shoe, I don't know, I would be concerned having some confidence in it also. Um, but I do think, you know, certain athletes at a certain level, you're so good that it probably doesn't even matter if you're wearing shoes, you'd still be able to perform, you know, other than some protection and getting your toe stepped on, you're still gonna, you know, kick some butt out there and look pretty good. So maybe you don't actually need laces. So I think it's really interesting. I'd love to see a pair of those and um, see what they feel like on. I was just going to say, and, and to that point, Tiffany, I think makes it like the, the bigger picture of that is like you obviously see, you know, especially in basketball, you see players that, you know, play in ridiculously old shoes just for the publicity of it. And so there's there's definitely some truth to like it, the the guys that want to play at a certain level are going to play at a certain level. Now, I don't know that, you know. I don't think that LeBron is going to play in, you know, some Jordan ones from 85 or something like that, or that technology, because he's probably so in tune with 
how the shoe's made for him. But I do think that there's some level of like, you know, how important is this? You know, are is the benefit worth the, you know, the worry or whatever? Because obviously a lot of those guys that are playing in older shoes, playing in Yeezys, playing in, you know, whatever retro models that clearly the technology hasn't changed in, you know, 20 or 30 years for some of those Jordans. I mean, they obviously are still doing it day in and day out, picking new shoes up and, you know, playing in old stuff all the time. It's very similar. Yeah, I mean, I think you can go one, once or twice here in whatever shoe you want. But, like, if you want longevity of career, you know, you should pick a system that's going to work well yeah. for you and be enough cushioning. Um, but, you know, some of them don't care. Like, playing in Chuck Taylors, right? Yeah. Like, there was a time where everyone played in those, you know? And it was like, can you imagine? And they're so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I love those shoes. It's my favorite shoe by far, but they're so uncomfortable. You know, like, you wear them yeah. for a day, and you're like, oh, man, just give me <laughs> some Ultra Boost or Air Max or something. <laughs> my dogs are barking. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love them. I-, I put I put insoles inside mine. I've gotten to the point where I love them so much, but I, still, I just slide an insole in there to just kind of help to help a little bit just to make them a little bit more comfortable because yeah. they're, they're the worst um yeah i mean it's an interesting shoot but i guess i guess it, it, at the end of the day it just de- depends on i guess what you're comfortable playing in yeah i'm just i'm just not sure about like that tension aspect like they uh otherwise like adidas is great in basketball they, they have they make good basketball shoes like that's not a it's not a question about whether or not they make good basketball shoes it's i guess for me it's really the performance angle i'd be I think I'd be worried my foot would slip out at the end of the day. Yeah. That's like, that's my concern that my foot's going to slip out. I'm going to do a cut and my foot's going to slide right out of the shoe. I mean, they made, they did make it a high top though, which obviously I imagine makes it harder to, to come out of it. But like, I, I don't even want that in my brain. Like, I feel like if I'm thinking about that, then I'm going to end up doing it. Yeah. You but, must be playing know. some serious ball. I'm not uh, the next story. I'm not going to lead it off because I'm I'm very partial. Uh, so Tiffany, uh, I'm going to let you talk about the start of the, the PG3 and NASA collaboration because I don't want to start fawning over it right off the top. So I'll let you kick that off just so I don't you know seem like too much of a fanboy. <laughs> Well, you know, NASA's been a popular topic lately. We've seen some bands. We've seen some, you know, Tom Sachs from Nike that was always kind of a space slash Mars play. Now we have the PG-5, right? Which they're doing a lot of cool colorways in. They're doing a lot of interesting stuff. And it's sort of attached to the gaming world a little bit, right? Uh, With PlayStation. So I'm not surprised by this NASA version. Nick, are you? No, not at all. I, I think I think you know we kind of hit, hit on this last season talking about NASA. It's such a it's such a like hot thing for everyone right now. But I do think that it's it's cool to see. I just think it's cool that Nike is doing a lot of stuff with Paul George. I think that there's something about him that's you know appealing on a different level than most of the other athletes that are you know. I, I guess the best way to put it is like if you look at somebody like, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to lump Jordan and Nike together on this, but if you look at Kevin Durant, there's a lot of people that just don't like his choice to play for the Warriors. So you've kind of cut out a lot of the, the 
the opportunity for him to do things that are really broadly, um, you know, appreciated. And I think Russell Westbrook has uh, one. He has a style sense that's a little out there for like you know general consumers. And I think personality-wise, and and you know, he's kind of abrasive in a lot of ways for a lot of people. All these guys are incredible athletes, and I admire them for many reasons. But I think that Paul George kind of is like this like anomaly in the space where he's he just has there's something different about him in my opinion and I think that it's really cool mm-hmm. that they're looking at that shoe especially with a lower price point than most of the others where you're looking at you know what is it 120 140 somewhere in that range for his line and now you have the the whole PlayStation series, the NASA. You know, I, I hope there's more than yeah. one shoe, and I love that that's happening for at an, for a guy that's that seems really admirable, and also at a price point that's you know one of the most affordable in the signature world. That's just awesome to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, and space is so inspiring, right? Like yeah. each one of us. I mean, Jacques maybe has you know, imagine this a little more than myself, but you can imagine going into space and being stuck and you need lightweight gear, you need durable gear, you know, and this is so perfect for Paul George. And I was thinking so far into the future that I called it the PG five, but it's actually the three. So (laughs) the three, yeah. watch for those next two versions being awesome. I'm guessing, but, (laughs) um, Yep. You know, I mean, space is like the the ultimate kind of hardship, if you will, for for like someone that's thinking out to the future and travel and and just such a dynamic environment that it's fascinating to see. And I really love what they did with the shoe. But let's talk to our NASA expert, Jacques. <laughs> what do you think? Gosh, I've just been waiting to talk. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously, I'm super excited about this collaboration. Um, NASA obviously has just been like a, a point of reference for me as far as like inspire things that inspire me, like a lifelong thing that inspired me. So to see that kind of come together with basketball is obviously super dope to me. Um, Paul George is from Palmdale. NASA has a headquarters out there. Um, so that's where that connection comes from for the shoes. But I think this is one of the better NASA collections. I think it has a, a, a strong NASA presence. They use the orange of the jumpsuits. It has the logos. It has the blue from the new sweatsuits. So it's like all of that stuff kind of tied in together just to make this like the like basketball shoe for Jacques Slade. Like they, they could have made one <laughs> pair of these and I would have been happy. Like I have no complaints. So uh, for me, this is all good. Uh, for those that don't know, I think these released this weekend or either next weekend, but they are, they're, they're super, super dope. And some people are tired of the whole NASA tie-in and they're like, oh, NASA this, NASA that. We've seen a whole bunch of NASA stuff. Uh, from my perspective, keep the NASA going. Uh, I'm all for it. Um, I'm look, look, NASA, if you're listening, I still want to go to space camp. So if there's an opportunity for an old guy to go to space camp, I'm available. I promise I won't beat up any of the kids that come to space camp. Uh, 
I just want to go, uh, just to put that out there. And I'll wear these shoes just to kind of seal the deal, if that helps. <laughs> um, but I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited. I just, I just love this. I love the look of it. Um, I love the connection to NASA. I love the connection to space. And, you know, kind of like Tiffany said, it's like the ultimate frontier. It's the, the, the next frontier. It's the next place that we explore. And uh, to see all of that come together with, you know, all of the incredible people that work at NASA and, to see NASA take this interest in like the the street world, streetwear and sneaker culture, I just think it's awesome. So yeah, so yeah, there's my gushing uh, review of the PG3. Uh, God forbid I get a pair to unbox because people are just gonna be like, you are a, a Nike shrill. I'm gonna be like, I am a NASA shrill, first of all. <laughs> get it straight. Uh, but yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm I'm all for it, and definitely looking looking forward to uh, trying to get myself a pair. Um, and it would be really dope if they came with like a, a spacesuit or something. Then I'd, I'd really lose my <laughs> my mind. But you know, huh. we can only go so far, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, uh, enough enough of my enough, <laughs> enough of my my praising NASA here. Um, Hopefully NASA's listening. Uh, don't do that for nothing. Um, a really big news that, that came out this week is um, from, uh, you know, I say a friend of the show, Dwayne Edwards. Uh, for those that don't know, he runs the Pencil Design Academy in Portland, Oregon. And Foot Locker invested $2 million in his school, which is really, really cool. So Dwayne is... Uh, he was, I should say is, was formerly a designer at Jordan brand and really helped, you know, bring the brand into, uh, I say bring Jordan brand into like this new millennium um, and has created a school to teach kids how to design, which is really cool. Every year he holds a footwear competition and the kid that wins actually has, or the person, I shouldn't say kid, the person who wins their shoe design is actually created and it goes to retail and to stores. And it's really cool to see, I think, Foot Locker take this sort of approach to, to the product that they have inside of their stores and invest in the creation process as opposed to doing stuff with like a Nike or Reebok or Adidas where stuff is already done and really they're just buying product. This puts them at the, I would say almost at the forefront of the creation process. And I, I think that that seems like an exciting way for retail to go. I definitely think so. I mean, I think Foot Locker is positioning themselves in a really can't lose situation with both this and I, I believe they we I think we touched on it in a previous episode but they invested also in super heroic which is you know Jason Maiden who yeah. also designed under Dwayne Edwards at Jordan brand you know back in like 2009 10 11 something like that um, but I think that like I just think that it's so important to it's going to be more and more important for companies to, you know, put their money where their mouth is, so to speak, and like be a part of the community and be a part of the culture that exists. And sneakers is kind of like the the, you know, one of the, the bigger, I would say, like you know, communities or like groups of people that are very like particular and very you know, can kind of like almost yeah. like make or break what cool is, and it's. It's not that 
like that 20% of people or 30% of people that are sneakerheads spends all the money and decides what things are cool, but they do influence like the general consumer, the person that's not paying attention to this news today that hears through word of mouth that, oh, this is a cool company because of this, this, and this. And I think that Foot Locker kind of, you know, being involved with these companies at, at, at such a, you know, not at a at a low level in terms of like the you know the, obviously the length of the the, the excuse me the business being around because Dwayne's been doing this for quite a long time, but I think that them getting involved now is is a huge investment in you know two three five ten years from now working with them as those you know I I really see like the kids that kind of go through this actually. Um, you know, being a part of a Foot Locker and actually having influence on the products that are designed specifically for Foot Locker down the road. Like, that's kind of the, the end picture for me. Um, but I think it's awesome. And I think, you know, Dwayne's been doing this for s- such a long time. Um, you know, I, I remember back in like 2008 or 2009, he was doing Under the Future Soul banner when he was at Jordan Brand. And um, I actually got to be a part of one of the like, you know, voting sessions at Inglewood High School for the first, the f- original kind of future soul thing. And it was, it was so inspiring to see how passionate he is about teaching design and, and how, yeah. and how excited he gets kids that would otherwise never know the opportunities that are out there. And I think that's just such an admirable thing. And I'm just so, like so happy to see, you know, more money and opportunity headed his way with this. Yeah, I mean, I huge points to Foot Locker. Like surprised by the um, investment in Jason Maiden's brand, right? Super heroic, awesome. Surprised by this investment too in pencil, and I was thinking, why would they do that? You know, and then I realized, well, they're investing in their own future, right? They can't control Adidas. They can't control Nike. They sell a ton of shoes. Why not invest in their future and get to these designers younger and help them become who they want to be? Like, I don't know about you, but anyone who's ever inspired you and helped you become and do something you wanted to do, there's some loyalty there. So I think this is such a brilliant move. And what two better guys to support? I mean, I absolutely love how Pencil runs. I mean, they're the you know they they work in teams right so you get a a color designer or materials designer you get a footwear designer and then like there's three people and they make sure that all three of those people are from like different countries so completely different cultures and then a lot of kids get scholarships to it and stuff like that so i can't wait to see what they're going to do with this money um and just invest in the future of footwear i think this is actually gonna catch some of the bigger brands attentions and be like what are we doing what are we doing to help the future of footwear design you know like it's not just about selling the shoes it's about this culture's grown so big now that it's more than just selling product it's building loyalty and things like this and so i can't wait to see what happens here and i hope i hope that pencil actually comes out with maybe a women's focus uh, that'd be cool. More yeah, women that'd be awesome. designers. Like, where are all the women in this in this world? And and like, I want women designing women's basketball shoes and men's basketball shoes. You know, we just saw actually the first female NFL ref. Right? Is that is that correct? Yeah. 
Yeah. So like, yeah. I think it was the it was the first. Is it the first one to do a playoff game? Yeah. I think it was the first women women's ref to do a playoff game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's. I mean, this is a super exciting time, and I hope this pushes some of the other brands. You know, like. Foot Locker, but there's also, you know, there's other, a few other brands like Foot Locker that, what are they doing, you know? So I think this was a brilliant move on Foot Locker's part. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it gives, it gives them the opportunity to really, you know, to really get in early and really, you know, help cultivate that next generation of, of footwear designers. And like you said, they have that loyalty to the brand, which, you know, you know, in this situation, there really is no brand, but they have the loyalty to, and would, well, I guess it'll be Foot Locker, which is, which is really cool. So well, big kudos to Dwayne. Yeah, I was going to say, Go it's ahead. very different. If you're looking at designing a shoe and you're, desi- you're a designer for Nike and you're designing a Nike shoe, that's one proposition. But if you're looking at designing a shoe that's going to stand out at Foot Locker with all the other brands... Like it's a bit of yep. a different spin, you know, like yeah. you, especially if you're like a smaller brand and then there's lots of new smaller brands. Take Superhero, for example. How do you stand out in a footlocker that carries all the brands? Those skills, those would be fantastic to learn for these young kids designing shoes. I mean, that's, I would yeah. take a, a student that's learned that over someone who's worked for a single brand for a decade or so, for sure. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Now, for anybody out there that's listening and you, you have no idea what Pinsole is, uh, check out Pinsole.com, P-E-N-S-O-L-E.com. And there's a lot of information there. They have classes. They have ca- ca- competitions. And it's just a really great program if you're an aspiring designer and you want to learn a lot more about that craft, like that's the place to go. Get in contact with Dwayne. He's a really good, amazing guy. Um, and we'll, we'll usher you in as much as he can and walk you through that process. He's just a really, really smart, really incredible guy, really talented designer. So if you do, again, if you want to check it out, uh, it's pinsole.com. They're not an advertiser or sponsoring this show or anything like that. I know all three of us are kind of gushing yeah. over them, but that's just because we really appreciate the work that they do, and they do really great things for the community. Um, and, you know, it, this is, these are lessons that you can't necessarily learn out on your own or it would take a very long time to learn on your own and they're able to, to really give you that information through the classes and the workshops that they offer. So again, check them out, check them out, check them out. It's definitely worth your time. Um, and before we get out of here today, we obviously have to talk about Big Baller Brand. Um, uh, it, it, they've been kind of quiet, but recently on Facebook, uh, Kanye, aka Mr. Yeezy himself, showed up at a big baller brand game in Belgium. Um, and the interesting thing about this is that it was really Kanye showing support of the Ball family and the movement that they sort of created last year. And the, the interesting angle about this to me is um, more just more about Kanye supporting a small business and recognizing the disruption that they were able to, to cause. Um, now, whether something comes of this partnership, I don't know, um, but I do appreciate Kanye almost helping, like people, when people like Kanye step in, and there were, there were other athletes and, and artists that stepped in early with Big Baller Brand as well, so it's not just Kanye, but seeing these other individuals step in and show support 
for a, this brand that is that's disruptive to the current market and the current way of doing things um it's it's exciting to me in a sense just because you know it, it shows that you don't have to do things the way that they were always done and that there are opportunities for you to step outside of that um yeah i just i just found that really interesting i don't know about you too i mean i i think it's i think it's fascinating um you know the junior basketball association like the league that lavar started is is obviously like kind of competition to the ncaa but um you know it's it's one of those things where i just feel like i don't know like i i don't really trust either kanye or lavar ball in like terms of like you know real anything i guess at this point but i do think it's cool to see them trying to just change the way think people think and the way people go about you know potentially getting into the NBA and him just saying, Hey, I'm going to, you know, forget you guys. I'm going to go start my own league is awesome. You know, it's just cool to see that anybody could make that happen at this point where, you know, there's obviously been issues with the NCAA and um, the NBA and like athletes never getting paid. So why not do this and give them an alternative? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I mean, it's, I, I have trouble supporting them, but at the same time, they don't need my support. So. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, <laughs> I love the new ideas. And, and some of these wild ideas, like, I love that they're trying. You know, they're trying to change it. They're trying to do something different. Both Kanye and, and the, the Ball family, you know, they started their own brand, you know. Like, like the, they don't want to deal with how things are they want things how they want them to be which i think is really interesting and that kind of that takes us into the future right and like challenging the status quo and challenging the way things have always worked that's where we need to go with a lot of things so i i admire how they do that you know um but i can't support everything they do so this is it's a little bit it's fascinating i think to see the two of them together (laughs) and see what they come up with like i'm gonna be watching i'll I'll pay attention now to see what comes out next i mean it's gonna be uh fireworks you know so let's see yeah yeah i mean i think i think that that pretty much nails it it's it's great to see them carving their own path in a sense and really setting up a system that um that other people can follow down the line of like, oh, I don't have to do things this way. I can do these things on my own. It may not take off right away, but you know, if I believe in what I'm doing, you know, I, I may set myself up for the future and really take care of myself and really create a different lane and a different avenue and a different way for people to do things, a different way for people to think about business. It happens a lot. You know, we just necessarily don't see it, but I think this is something we're kind of seeing play out right in front of our eyes so it'll be it's 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 an interesting and i think it has less i think i'm more fascinated less by lavar and kanye and more by the 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 uh what's the word i'm looking for by i'm more fascinated by the way they're going about doing things the way they're kind of carving their own path i think that's what's more interesting to me than it is what they do individually as human beings if that makes any sense yeah Yeah. i think that's it yeah yeah i mean yeah but yeah it's like inspiration like 
you get to choose what you're inspired by. And if people were inspired by this, like them showing up in Belgium at this game, like, great. You know, they inspire people. That's awesome. Um, And the things they're, the risks they're taking, you know, a lot, we just talked about pencil. Like these are a whole bunch of kids who really want to be sneaker designers and they want to make their own brands. And they look at Kanye and they look at the ball family and they say, I can do this. And I love that. They totally can. They absolutely can do it. And those two are great examples of it, you know, totally from different worlds, totally, you know, Kanye did it with the big brands and, and the LeVar family or the ball family did it on their own. So it's, it's a, it's going to be a cool study of sneakers in the future. When we look back on the history of sneakers, this will be an important chapter, I think. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that, with that being said, we want to know what do you think? Uh, what do you think about Kanye meeting up with the Ball family? What do you think about the Adapt BB? What do you think about the Adidas Next Level? Uh, we already know you love the PG3 NASA shoe, so I'm not even going to allow you guys to disparage that in the comments. And uh, for you designers out there, make sure you check out Pencil. Uh, but before we get out of here, uh, I am Jacques Slade. You can find me on all of the internets uh, under the heading of Cousteau, which is K-U-S-T-O-O, and it, it's literally everywhere. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, <laughs> Uh, Tinder, Pinterest, uh, I think my LinkedIn is Cousteau, literally everything, uh, TikTok, everything. It's all Cousteau. Uh, so if you want to find me, you can find me at Cousteau. But really, that would probably be a waste of your time if we're going to be totally, totally honest. Uh, if you want to see a guy ramble on about NASA, which you probably don't, then uh, I don't suggest you come look me up. Uh, really, you should look up the other two here because they, they have valuable, worthwhile things to say that, that you know add value to your life. So Nick, tell them where they can find you. Uh, at Nick Engvall, N-I-C-K-E-N-G-V-A-L-L on all platforms. Uh, I'm not on Tinder, but I'm on all the other platforms that Jacques mentioned. Uh, and Bumble. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, you know, Nextdoor app if you're in my neighborhood, but that's kind of creepy, so don't add me there. Um, <laughs> uh, and and at Sneaker History on all platforms. But uh, more importantly, uh, Tiffany, go ahead and let them know how they can find you. So you can find me on YouTube and Instagram, but I haven't been so active on them lately. So the best place to find me right now is outside the box this podcast so check it out on instagram it's on uh we have a youtube channel now is that is that right yeah we're gonna yeah we have an outside the box youtube channel yeah so um hit up your comments on outside the box podcast on instagram youtube and then if you want to join my instagram i'd be happy to have you tiffany beers (laughs) yeah tiffany's got a big important job She's got a smart person's job, and so she can't tweet and stuff like she used to. She's she's important people. Well, and lucky we have her here on the podcast. I moved, and so it's just been so busy, and I haven't paid much attention, and I miss you guys. So (laughs) season two, Outside the Pods, we're here. We're back. Yes. I love it. I love it, and we are back. Uh, so again, check us out um, outside. Po- what is it? Outside yeah, pods. At, next? Oh, Lord, I outside pods. Outside pods all over the web is in all the internet. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening, um, and we'll see you guys or talk to you guys next yes. week. Peace. See ya.